0: You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. While you were skipping stones, building forts and flying kites, I was missing school and all my Saturday nights. Other kids were climbing trees and rolling down hills. I was singing songs to pay my family's bills. Little me.
1: Hello, welcome back to Little Me. It's me, Mark Tuminelli, and I have a great guest today. He made his Broadway debut originating the role of Charlie in Charlie and the Chocolate Factory and can currently be seen starring as Christopher Hillard in Broadway's Mrs. Doubtfire. His regional credits include A Christmas Carol, Shrek, Billy Elliot, Mary Poppins, Singing in the Rain, Mame, and Peter Pan. His TV and film credits include Broad Squad, In My Mind, John Mulaney and the Sack Lunch Bunch, and A Cape Cod Christmas. Please
0: welcome Jake Ryan Flynn. Hi, Hi Jake Ryan Flynn. How are you? Good. I'm good. You know, just um, we're in the just end of previews, you know, Broadway. Starring on Broadway. Just, no big deal. <laughs> you know, casual Joe Allen's Broadway. You oh, know. yes. Is that what's... Do you the, go to Joe Allen after the show? That's my favorite place. I'm not even joking. All right. What do you... Do you get the meatloaf? I get the chicken. Okay. I've gotten that since I've like been ten. It's a All right.
1: thing. It's your thing. Now have you had the meatloaf?
0: I have not had the meatloaf now, and now I'm I going to go have never, it.
1: Never. I would never order meatloaf anywhere. I barely ever eat meat. But really? that meatloaf is so good.
0: Oh, they have a new dip. Oh, this like guacamole dip ever since that, when they yes. came back from COVID. Oh. This it's episode
1: just... is brought to you by Joe Allen. Joe Allen's. Okay, so how's it going over there on Broadway in the new family musical, Mrs. Doubtfire? We've been waiting for you, and you're here.
0: It's going good. We um, we're opening really, really soon on Sunday uh, night. How exciting! Sunday night. It's really exciting. We've we're frozen the show. We've done all the changes. We I think the show has even gotten better after the pandemic with all the new things they added and changed with the what opening are, and all Yeah, tell me about
1: some of the changes that have come up between your 1.0, fir- well, you had 1.0 out of town, 2.0 would have been your previews that you had pre-COVID, and then 3.0, you're in 3.0 now. Um, what kind of changes have happened?
0: Well, uh, the biggest changes, because we did a reading before Seattle, and I think our biggest changes weren't from reading to Seattle, but Seattle to Broadway before uh-huh. COVID. And then- the COVID pandemic hit after our three previews. And when we came back, we we did this, we have this whole new opening number. And uh, uh, one of the numbers that we have in the show that Charity Angel Dawson sings has been amazingly redone and it is incredible. Um, And just like different lines and um, different things. But those were like the main things that changed uh, during the pandemic. Coming okay, back so let's
1: the let's go back. Let's tell your Fire story from the beginning. So this show started. How how many years have you been with Fire now?
0: I did the first uh, reading in May 2019. May 2019. The end of May ish, middle of okay. May. Okay. So
1: and how old were you three then? Years.
0: Yes, I was 12. Okay, and I was now 12. you are 14. Uh, 15, and I 15. can 15. Okay. Anyway,
1: <laughs> oh, God. Um, can you smoke at
0: 15? Is that, is that allowed? No, but at this point you might as well on Broadway. You might as well have uh, a martini and smoke at Joelle. <laughs> All right. Yeah, so pretty much. So when, when did the first audition
1: come to you and were you familiar with Mrs. Doubtfire like as a movie?
0: Uh, I actually hadn't seen the movie, but my mom had seen the movie. And so when we got this audition, she was like, Oh my God, this movie's so funny. And I end up, I, after I had done the audition, I watched the movie with my whole family and loved it because my parents knew what it was. I hadn't, I've heard of it, but I had never seen the whole movie Yeah, and I, I loved it. So we watched the whole movie and then I found out that I got the reading, which was super exciting. And so we did the reading. It was like two weeks and then we performed it at the West side theater where little shop of horrors is now. Okay. Uh, for, for two performances, we did two with just the script and the, and we did it on a stage. And then, you know, there were rumors of it going to Seattle and we were like, there's no way I would be in it. I mean, what are the odds? And then we got a call from the casting company said that they want to offer you uh, Seattle and Broadway for next year. And we were like, wait, what? <laughs> it was so literally, it was just like, we were like, that'll never happen. I mean, that was so fun, this reading. And then like, they were just like, so we're going to go to Seattle. We'd like to offer you Seattle, Seattle. And then we're going to go to Broadway next year. And you and had we- a guarantee that you would go to Broadway with the show. So you knew. Yeah, there was a contract going to Broadway and Seattle. They forgot to mention the pandemic, but... They forgot, uh, but, but forgot boy, were they the about pandemic. to mention they it. They forgot to mention that. But for the most part, it was it was great. All uh, right, so
1: tell me about Seattle. You obviously do the workshop, and then you're going to do a very full production, just sort of pre-Broadway engagement. Did you feel like this is a really special show? We, I can't wait to come to New York. This is going to be a big hit. What were you feeling in Seattle about the show?
0: Uh just from the reading, we really felt it was complete. Like I, I, when we were, cause you know, you don't know until once I got, got the script in the reading, we are like, wow, this is really good. This is like, like we didn't know if it was going to Broadway, but we were like, this feels like it feels done. Like it could be performed. Um, and then we went to Seattle. The amount of people that came back, multiple, like at the stage, oh my God, this is my fifth time. Oh, this is amazing. This changed my family. My whole family came and loved it. This I really needed this. Like, it was so amazing to see that. So that's how I knew, like, I love the show. But once I saw, when when people come back more than twice, that's how you know that obviously it's doing something for people. And And you knew you
1: were going to come to Broadway with it. So it already felt like you're in this kind of hit show and you're on your way
0: to the Stephen Sondheim Theater on Broadway. And then before we went to Seattle... Um, we had this uh, photo shoot. The whole Hillard family—Rob, Jen, me, Annalise, and Avery—we did like a photo shoot uh, with him in full makeup. The first time we had ever seen him in the Doubtfire getup, and it was like—I mean, it was amazing. We did like all these photos, and uh, and those are the ones
1: that are outside the those theater. Those are the ones that are outside yeah. the
0: theater, and then we actually did some more right before we shut down with the whole cast and. I remember them. I've been. Being, I remember being like, uh, "Where are these going to go?" They were like, "Oh, they'll go around." I was like, "Are these going to go in the theater?" And then, it was, then when we got into rehearsals for Broadway, I was like, "Oh my god, <laughs> the theater!" I was like, "There are that's such a dream cute pictures of all
1: of you like showing up to the theater to see it." Um, I'm sure that was a really special day to see your big face outside oh, of, dream of Broadway come theater. True.
0: Um, true. I jokingly call those photos my son now because I look so much
1: older. Okay. We're going to get to that in one second. That is, <laughs> that is really funny. So in March of 2020, you started previews. Tell me about those first couple, those first, you got
0: three out, right? Three. Three previews. Uh, i be like, it was not, cause I, the pandemic, like COVID was the last thing I was thinking about. I mean, I was so focused on the show. I had zero clue. Like I didn't even really, have any suspicions of something happening until the day we shut down? Like, I never, like, it would just wasn't like the coronavirus, ah, uh, nothing.
1: Who cares gonna, about that? Yeah, <laughs> I said that's that, not I, our problem. Honestly, I said the same thing. My sister was like, I don't know if I should come into this city. And I was like, Danielle, it's fine. It's no big deal. Let's go see Linda Adder at 54. It's minutes.
0: a code, anyway.
1: And then uh, look what happened. Okay. So you did three shows. Tell me about those first three. Did it feel like, oh my God, we're a hot New
0: York hit? Were you feeling good about it? it? It was very like, I mean, the first uh, the first preview in dress it was very like, I mean, it was like when Doubtfire came on stage, it was like, I mean, the roar of applause. It was like, because we all have been waiting for it. We were like, we were sitting, because we come on, we, when we op- Miranda opens the door and we're all sit, standing on steps, like looking at him and then the audience applauds after the number that happened before. So we were like, okay, this is going to be a real big one. And then we came out and it was like, the, it was huge applause. And we were all like on a high after the show. Like, this is, this is, Yes. And then we came in uh, and we just this, then it was the second preview before the curtain, our producer, Kevin McCollum, said that they're not doing stage tour anymore. And we just got it all just no backstage tours, no nothing like that. Then on the day of our fourth preview, uh, we were rehearsing and um, we were in the middle of rehearsal. And then uh, the stage managers came down and I think and Jerry and they said that there's no show tonight and that we can't have any groups of 500 people or more, but they said that we don't have that, so we're going to continue to rehearse. So we kept rehearsing the song, and they happened to be rehearsing the song that uh, that Jen sings with uh, Doubtfire about the divorce. And literally the night of our fourth preview after COVID, they were rehearsing that. I was like, how dare they tour with us like that, <laughs> rehearsing the same number the day we shut down. Um, so we, And then uh, we were all backstage like, Seeing the post of like Broadway shutting down, we were like, What wait, what's going on? Like, what we're rehearsing right now. This isn't we haven't heard from Kevin, it's not true. And uh then Kevin and all the producers came to the and all I said they were gonna be uh stopping for a month and just to go visit your family and to come back and know you have a job. And there was so you. Year and a half. So
1: I'm sure that was very heartbreaking to just even take a month
0: off the machine. Yeah, what well, it was it was so fast that it wasn't as sad as you might think. Like, okay. I was just so kind of, it was so like kind of thrown out and, and we were just kind of like, we were so worried they were going to shut down New York. So me, and it was me and my mom there and my grandparents had come in to see the show that night. And so we just left that morning because we were worried and, they were going to shut down New York. you
1: were from Boston, yeah? Yeah.
0: My whole family lives in Boston. I have three brothers. So did you just like sort of leave the city and go back home? Oh yeah. We just went back to her house cause we were worried that they were going to shut down New York as everything was closing. We were like, I just, I feel like we need to get out of here. So we just, we left, we stayed over that night in our apartment and then we just left.
1: Okay. That's so morning. tell me what is happening in the first month of this. Are you meeting with your cast? Are you guys having like, how do you know what's going on and that you are coming back eventually?
0: Uh, how did, so what happened was, is there were zooms for a while Well, we had, we had Zooms, uh, Jen Gamity, she did Zooms for the whole cast, just throughout the whole pandemic, every, for every third Friday of the month, I think is what it was. No, the last Friday of every month, we were doing Zooms just for fun. That didn't have anything to do with the show really. But then, uh, then we started having kind of production meetings. You could say just kind of everyone saying, when we come back, we'll do this and this, and then it got closer, but then it was sort of sounding like it was going to be next year, like
1: 2022.
0: Okay. Uh, it, I mean, it was leaning. That's what I, that's what I assumed. That's what I, that was my guess. And then out of nowhere, we just got on a call and they're like, we're going to come back in September. And it okay, was now, really crazy. Were you freaking out at
1: some point because you are uh, taller than Rob McClure now?
0: Oh, <laughs> and definitely. You,
1: you, and you used to not be. So oh, what yes. you said is, you know, you have grown enough to, You. it's your son in the photo outside of the theater. 100%. So, and your voice is changing and you're growing mm-hmm. up. And now at some point you're like, I'm going to get fired. Were you worried well, about
0: this? The in no no the <laughs> entire pandemic was uh uh yes I had worried about it uh the whole time I mean it was and uh uh my parents just come saying it's not gonna happen it's over just because that's just how it works when your voice changes in theater they don't see you until you're 18 yeah once your voice changes you're gone we see you at 18 you can play younger that's just how it is uh so it was really just like. Ugh, so uh, sad. And I really didn't think, I really didn't think I was coming back whatsoever. I mean, of course I hoped and like, I couldn't say I really didn't think I had hope that I would, but I really didn't think I was coming back. And most kids that went through voice change on Broadway, I mean, they're gone. A little, all gone. Yes. And it is yes. really sad. I mean, the only person I know that has stayed with their production is my friend, Alex, who moved up to the older brother in Carolina or change. That is the only person I know everyone else has been let go and it's really sad to see. When did you um, find
1: it, out that you were in
0: fact coming back to with the show to, to originate your role? I found out, uh, we had this like little rehearsal in July, 2021. So I want to say I found out June, right? June, yeah, that would make sense. Oh, it was right as I was getting out of school. And I was with my teachers and I told them, they were like, oh my God. And everyone was like, they couldn't believe that it was actually happening. So it was definitely in June. Could you believe it was actually
1: happening? (laughs) I
0: still don't believe it's actually happening. Oh my God, it's happening. Um, It's it's happening and it's, we're opening on Sunday. Tell me about that
1: first night back. That had to feel like the most special experience.
0: Well, we had the invited dress, which technically wasn't the paid performance, but it was really, I mean, I couldn't have been more nervous. I mean, everyone was so like, I mean, especially like doing zero theater, and then now you're gonna perform in front of a thousand people. It was like, it was it. I mean uh, hear my voice for the first time after the voice change, singing in the same key. It's not high <laughs> at all, uh, which is just great. Um, so it sounds
1: I Sounds mean, I great. Was, I was.
0: <laughs> stop. Still got uh, it. Uh, still, still got it um so that was uh but they had a line which isn't which isn't in the show now but it, they just had it for like the first uh for the invited dress the first preview and i think a couple previews afterwards is when i came down the steps in the first opening scene um miranda said gosh i feel like it's been six inches since you came down those steps and there was just this gigantic applause and laughter and everyone was ah and it was so and that's when i felt really um it, it felt real because everyone in there was just on my side there because everyone knew the story and the first preview, when we came down the steps, when they opened the door for Doubtfire, it was a minute, minute and a half applause, and it got a standing ovation. And it could have continued, but we actually had to continue with the scene. It was so long. But when people stood up, I mean, it was like it was I, like I'm kind of I was acting, but like I actually smiled because it was so like it was so moving just to have like see everyone applauding when they saw Rob at Doubtfire. It was just like. It was amazing.
1: Well, let's talk about Rob McClure, who is giving truly one of the most dynamic performances I have ever seen on Broadway. And what a thrill for you to get to watch that every night and learn from him because I can't think of a better teacher of how to be a human and how to be a star. But I wanna hear about your you know, your experience of having him night after night play your dad and watching this like masterful performance happen on Broadway.
0: Uh, Rob McClure is incredible. He is so nice. He is so kind. Um, And he is, his ad-libbing, like, he just comes up with, like, he just comes up with stuff all the time. And, like, I don't know how he does. He'll just come up with jokes and he'll just say them. And it's just amazing. Some of them are in the show. And um, he's just, he's, like, uh, he's incredibly talented just the way he, he can do anything. I mean, you can tell him to do something and he'll, even if he doesn't know how to do it, he'll learn it and do it on stage that, that night for a preview. And I don't even know how he does it. But you can be like, okay, we're gonna put we're gonna cut this number, put in a whole new dance number. Can you do it? Sure. And he does it brilliantly. I don't know how he does it. Um uh, and him just playing that role with all the different voices. It's like he was meant to play this role. Yeah. Like I don't think anyone else
1: I can't imagine anyone else it. doing it. I can't it. imagine
0: anyone else doing it. Like Well, someone's gonna do it at some point. Someone's <laughs> gonna do it at some point. Good luck!
1: Uh, <laughs> good
0: luck to you. Good luck to that person. Um But like I just he is. Daniel. He is Mrs. Doubtfire. I mean, it's, I mean, I think he gives such a good tribute to Robin Williams. Just. Oh like, my God. Yes. And it's, but it's so still,
1: It still easy. feels like his own, right? No, it's his own. It's not yeah. his,
0: but it's so easy to mess up. You know, you could easily do something completely wrong with it. And he does it perfect. He makes it, it's, he makes it his own, but then it's also like the friend, you know, of Robin Williams from the movie. Yeah. And like, the
1: audience loves him so much. And obviously seeing him interact with you kids, is there something you've learned from him about being a performer getting to sort of watch that
0: uh I just like how to like when there's uh just how to deal with the so much pressure of being in a show like just to watch him he's playing the lead he never leaves stage if he's off stage he's changing and to put in all that stuff that night and having to, just to watch see how someone can deal with stress so amazingly he's so kind like he's he's disciplined he can he can just go out there and do his best and he just told me he said he said that um don't think too much. You just got to listen to the other person. That's what he said to me. I want to say a couple nights ago, he said, the best way for me to get out of my head is just listen to the other person. That's what he said to me a couple nights ago. It's was like, that is so brilliant. And Man, then I was he's like,
1: the, he's the best. He's a genius. You should be, if you're not writing everything down that he does and says. Oh my God. Him and Jerry's Zacks. I'm like, I'm keeping, okay, okay. I have a notebook. I have That's to have a notebook. Well, you do have to have a notebook. Okay. Starting tomorrow. Tell, and just keep it in your dressing room and write things Can down. My All right. <laughs> Tell me about Jerry Zachs. You're working with a legendary director. He's done, you know, sort of everything. He has two shows on Broadway this season, um, which is is kind of wild. And obviously, he's creating comedy gold. There are moments that I was just truly, like, doubled over laughing. Um, it, it must be quite a comedy masterclass to get to work with someone like that.
0: He's got to be the greatest director ever. I mean, he is... You know, I hadn't worked with him before, before the show. And, you know, you hear like, oh, he's so good. He's so this. He lives up to the hype. I promise you that. He is amazing. Um, and I, I, um, I couldn't trust him more. To, uh, I trust him for me to be good up on stage when he, um, uh, uh, when we have notes sessions, when he gives me notes. And he's, he's right. And like uh, a lot of people said, he's the first to admit that he's wrong. Like he'll tell you something. And, and that's really important. And sometimes shows uh, struggle when they can't admit that something went wrong in the process. Mm-hmm. And he's the first to admit that he's wrong, but he's most likely and always right. Yes, and <laughs> that's the thing. He's the first to admit that he's wrong, but he's always right. And well, he is he a has comic made genius. You,
1: I mean, you are very funny, but you know, the <laughs> the bits that are happening in that show, you legitimately do so many things. You have great moments. And I'm sure it's like every night to get on stage and know that you are gonna make people laugh. Like oh. you personally, not only the show, but like you are giving a killer comedic performance and you should Thank be like you.
0: so so proud of what it's you're such doing Such uh i just love um knowing that i'm gonna do this thing and the audience doesn't know what's coming it's especially the end of act one um the end of act one for me is is probably i would say my favorite part because it's like just hearing the laughter and that's what i missed uh during the pandemic with theater is hearing the laughs because we did doubt for doing doubtfire so long i mean the laughs were just. i mean People just like the amazing last week here. That's what I miss the most. Yeah, you're like doing um, a
1: sitcom. It's doing it's, a sitcom on stage. It's unbelievable.
0: This podcast is sponsored by Cloud Optimizer. As a business owner or IT manager, are your cloud investment costs going up and you don't know why? It's time for Cloud Optimizer. As you migrate your business to the cloud, what you're spending and why you're spending it can get a little hazy. But Cloud Optimizer clears up the mystery and puts the cloud to work for you. Make the cloud work for you with Cloud Optimizer. Get a free assessment and find out how much you can save by going to cloudoptimizer.com. Go to
1: cloudoptimizer.com for your free assessment. That's cloudoptimizer.com.
0: With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
1: So you seem to have a huge bond with the people, in, not only in the show, but especially your family unit. Um, was that instant? Did it feel like? you know, what was, how did that all come together? Because the the three of you kids really feel, now I've known Annalise her whole life, but it feels like the three of you kids really are brothers and sister. It's, it's wild to watch.
0: Uh, well, um, I had been with Avery uh, since the reading and I did Charlie with her uh, older brother. brother. Yeah. So I had known her for four years before, yeah. prior to that. And we had done the reading and then uh, we met Annalise before Seattle. And you know, when you ha- spend the holidays with a cast, that just bonds you. And we, uh, me and Annalise would spend like every day off together in Seattle. Seattle, great reel. We did all the tourist attractions. I <laughs> mean, we did everything. We were, um, but like when we had Thanksgiving together, uh, we had, I mean, we all, the entire cast spent Christmas together. I mean, it's family. You and it are was, a family. That's why it's, it's literally looks a family. Like <laughs> we did all the holidays, we did everything a family does every year. Uh, and now we get to sing about it. Uh, so uh, it bonded us together very well, um, except Brad Oscar. Ugh. You can't Man. stand him? There. I can't, he is. <laughs> That's the
1: other thing you're supporting cast. There are so many features in this show. like you have Rob Bartlett killing it. Like, it's oh. just, it's so funny. Um, there are so many great moments in Jay Harrison. It's just like, your show is fabulous. You should be so, so proud of what you guys have created. What do you think people will take away from this show if they're, you know, on the fence of like, I don't know if I want to go see a Broadway show yet. I don't know if I feel safe. I don't know if Mrs. Doubtfire is a show I want to see. What do you think people take away from the experience of seeing your show?
0: Um, Well, everyone thinks it's just a comedy, but it's really not. I mean, uh, it is, it's really sad. I mean, and I think that's um, where um, our show differs from the movie, because when you sing about a divorce, it is really sad and losing his kids. I mean, yes, it's filled with farce and it is hilarious, but it's also at the core really emotional. And I think that's where, that's how we knew we had something good in Seattle because people would be crying and just like, oh my gosh, I didn't know how how much I needed that. Especially people in our cast who have dealt with divorce. Like, I mean, they get so emotional at the end of the show because it's like this, uh, like Rob said that in, in, this was the first movie that didn't end with them getting back together. It ended with them, divorced, but everyone's happy again. You know, It didn't Mm -hmm. end with, oh, they're back together. They made a mistake and now they're back together. Happy ending. It didn't end like that. It ended with accepting how your family is. And I think that is something that is really important right now.
1: Oh, that's so awesome. Well, I'm so happy for you and I can't wait for everyone to see you and Mrs. Doubtfire, but we're going to jump back a little bit. So Um, obviously you're a theater loving kid. It seems like your whole life. you have three younger brothers. Your dad is a former Baltimore Ravens player, whatever that means. I'm on the wrong.
0: I was going to go pro, but I hurt my leg.
1: Now I'm I'm sure as like the, you're the oldest, right? Uh Uh-huh. I'm sure as the firstborn son of a, you know, kind of famous guy. Did he try to make (laughs) you
0: like a, a sports kid? Of course we tried all the sports and it didn't work out. I like to say, uh, not for but you me. Were, but you were belting
1: everywhere and they're like, well, maybe. Yes, but I could hit a high
0: C. Um, <laughs> uh, so they wrote me in community theater and they were like, we got to uh, uh, finally notice that he does not stop singing. Maybe this is, um, even like neighbors would be like, he just did the entire production of Lame Is with one person. That's not normal. Maybe you should no, have a new community it's, theater. I think
1: it's, it's very normal. It's <laughs>
0: very normal. Uh, you know, I just do that just for people. Uh, are you so, the only, are you the only kid that sings in your family? uh i actually did uh well most of my all my brothers do sports but uh my brother joe one time together we did a regional production at north shore we did christmas go together and we played the two uh turkey boys <laughs> my dad's loved theater when he was playing football he's loved theater his whole life and uh so he couldn't love theater more he loves going to see shows um so that was something that we bonded over me and my dad listened to overtures all the time it's a thing we love to do i love that and we just listen to overtures you know, like the Hello Dolly one. Oh, That's a Boulevard. good one.
1: Gypsy is the best overture. Though, Gypsy so, is so
0: womp, bom, And then Barely Along is the second, if you Ugh. don't know that one. I love right. a long
1: overture. I love a long overture. Do you guys, you guys don't really have,
0: do you have a big overture at Doubtfire? No, no, we don't have a long overture. They're, um, not, I'm, they're not giving you one. I'm t- they're not giving, me, which was a single tier moment, but I get it. It's a new show. But um, I'm telling you, when we do a revival, I want a five minute. I All want right. like every song. Now, at North Shore
1: Music Theater, that seems to have been your theatrical home as a kid. You did a million shows there. Tell me about working there. Did it feel so special, like as a kid, you're doing kind of going from community theater to like kind of big regional theater?
0: Uh, yeah, my first show was when I was eight. I, did t- I was tiny Tim at North Shore Music Theater for two years. And uh, my mom liked to say that's when I found my people. I mean, I couldn't, uh, I have so many friends there that like I even after Charlie went back and did shows, um, it is such a, I've done 11 shows there. It's been like my, it's my second home and it's seven minutes away from my house. So, I mean, I could do, I did shows all the time. That would be my summer. I would do like one year I did, uh, I did Mary Poppins and I'd sing in the rain and that was all of July and all of August. That
1: sounds like, that's my my, That
0: was my summer. Uh, So it's just been amazing. And I've met so many friends there like um, Kevin Hill who actually helped me with my audition for Charlie. Uh, and his husband, Matthews, the casting director there. Kevin Hill is the artistic director. Uh, Bill Haney, the owner of North Shore, and Karen, who's the general manager. All of them have just been like so supportive of everything. I, I love done. that you're men- you're mentioning and,
1: the general manager. You are yeah. you are you're so on top of everything. It's incredible. Uh,
0: but like, did it's they been, help you get an agent? Is that how it kind of started? Uh, for you? I got an agent. I did a show. I did. Um, when I, I did Shrek the musical and I played uh, Lord Farquaad's dad grumpy for like, I had one part where I came on and mouth, uh, yeah. but I had prosthetics on my face and it was worth it. Um, uh, and Joanne um, um, Clark who played the donkey in the show had an agent and he sent a video of me singing at like, uh, at like the bar they have on the hill at an out night, they call it where the actors sing. And I sang a solo. I sing, don't let me go. And he sent us the agent and the agent was like, I want you as my client. And that's how I got, and then that's how I ended up got the audition for Charlie.
1: I think I, I watched that, that YouTube video of you singing Don't Let Me Go today in preparation for this interview. <laughs> oh. <laughs> and it's, it's real cute, people. Okay. Uh. So when did the Charlie audition come up? Because you're about to make your Broadway debut in Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, an all new Broadway musical based on Willy Wonka, um, or, you know, based on Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. But oh, you practice. get my point. Um, mm-hmm. It must have felt like, oh, this this is, going to be the next thing that I do. Uh,
0: well, what ha- I actually really originally didn't get the part because I auditioned, I auditioned six times for the show. Wow. I auditioned three times for The Lab, and I didn't get it. And I was just, I mean, I really thought I was getting the part, and I was heartbroken. And then I want to say a couple months later, they asked me to come back in, and I auditioned three more times, and then I finally got the part. I mean... I never thought we, uh, my mom, my mom and dad were like, Oh my God, you know what? We're going to support him. We're going to go on audition. There's no way he's going to get it. Oh my God. He got it. Now we have to get an apartment. I mean, we never expected uh, me to ever get the role. Like one of my teachers, um, uh, was like, uh, he, he would always say he was going to be on Broadway. I didn't know three years later he actually would. <laughs> and that, I mean, it's true. So how, how did your family deal with that
1: adjustment having three kids and a, being in New York and being in Boston, how do you how did how did that all shake out?
0: Uh, well, uh, my entire family is back in Boston. And what we do is my mom, my dad, and my grandparents, every couple weeks, would switch off. Um, and, of course, my brothers and them would come down and see the show. And then on, on anytime I had a day off or I had a vacation, I'd go back there. Or holidays, they'd come down, either or. But we'd switch off. So sometimes my dad would watch me for a couple weeks. And then sometimes it would be my mom and then my grandparents. And my grandparents became famous at the La Fontaine Theater. I'm not even (laughs) joking. They were more famous than me, and I was in the show. What Uh, were they
1: doing at at the Lund? No, they would just
0: go all the the time, and they knew all the house managers. Like, my mom got a free drink because (laughs) they knew she was uh, the daughter-in-law of Kathy and Mike Flynn, who were the grandparents of Charlie. I am not even kidding.
1: How did your brothers uh, um, sort of react to seeing you on Broadway? I mean, it feels like Uh, a really
0: big deal. Um, I, I mean, I would think they were so proud, uh, coming to the, see the show and they, <laughs> they love going to New York. Like when, uh, once we did Doubtfire, we wanted to all move into an apartment together. This is before COVID stuff changed after pandemic and yeah, now Bobby. they're back in Boston. But anyway, uh, they were like, we want to go to New York and be, uh, be in New York with Jake. And so we all came down and that was before the pandemic, but they, uh, they, they, they they uh, loved it. They loved going to see the shows. I, my, my brother, Michael, loves theater. Um, I think he, he loves, out of all three of my brothers, I think he loves shows the most. Like on day offs, we'd put in for lotteries. And every lottery we went, I would go and we'd see a lot. We saw, before COVID, we saw Aladdin together. He saw Frozen. This is, my brother, Michael, would just go see all these shows because he these lotteries. I um, so
1: they're like uh, so everybody's so supportive six is so fun right uh, everybody is so supportive um now charlie is a big broadway show and you had to share the role with two other boys talk to me about sort of the challenge and the delight of having like a little team playing the same part
0: um well, it was crazy at first because we didn't know who would go on until like the like the night before i mean it was like like there'd be like the night before there'd be like the week schedule or like the first four day schedule like of the show it's like we I wasn't even until after opening when they act when they had a strict schedule, which would be like you would have a day off, then you would be on standby, then you would do the show. And it would be kind of like that. It rotates in a it miserable. rotates and then some some weeks you would do five shows in a row and then you'd have a couple of days off. It just rotated. So I would do like I would say I did three to five shows a week. Um How do they decide
1: the who first. got to do opening?
0: Uh, to be honest with you, um I did opening. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> no, I'm uh, <laughs> but uh, I honestly have no idea. I just looked at the schedule and I was opening and I had a heart attack and I woke up at seven in the morning on opening nauseous because I was so nervous. So Charlie wasn't like totally crazy
1: well-received within the theater community. How much as a kid are you aware of that kind of stuff or is it just completely uh, out of your mind? Well, uh, you're, a well, real, you're a real theater kid, so we can have this real conversation. Well,
0: I mean, I, I knew. But uh, okay. I think I really, well, I knew we weren't getting good reviews. I knew yeah. that. And I knew it did have something to do with our set, which didn't live up to the hype as people might have thought. And well, because the UK um,
1: set was so huge. The UK set was so huge. And, the, kind of so huge. and the show
0: that. was really, I really thought the show was really good. Like I really thought the show was good, and I said I thought if the set was as big as it was, I really think we could have had a, a good one there. But it was. Here's how I was concerned: is when I think I did the invited dress. It was it was my first show that my mom saw me doing it, and at the end of the show, I said, at the beginning of so the show, I go, "Did you like how Christian Borow at the beginning of the show came out behind the factory?" And she goes, "That was the factory."
1: Okay, great.
0: Bum dun dun.
1: Dun dun. dun dun Anyway, okay. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah, it didn't. I, I get it. But so you were aware that, like, yes. But but it doesn't change the job you have to do. And what's no. interesting about that show is I had seen. I think I was at in the invited dress, and then I came back in the summer to see it with like a camp group. And the show had settled in actually a really beautiful way, and it seemed like it got significantly stronger as the run went on. Did you feel that as a company?
0: Yeah, I thought the sh- like the show really felt like when we were in rehearsals. Like the show really felt great, and like I, I I think the show with Christian was amazing, and all the actors were played their part so well. Um, I really felt like we really, especially like, uh, I feel like we really, because we knew like we were like kind of all in this situation, and we just really wanted to make it, uh, make it as fun as possible. Especially once we knew we were closing, like we were all kind of like, Ugh. but we were like, you know what, let's just. To make this good. And like, I think we really, I think we gave people a great show. Like I you think did. it was a really great and show. And you got to make a cast album, which is really exciting. Yes. And,
1: and did you say, yeah, go tell me about that.
0: Uh, the, the, the cast album. Oh, uh, it was, um, uh, it was amazing to like, I mean, I just never thought I would be making a Broadway cast. I mean, it's crazy. Yeah, and even when I look deal. back and I just listen to it, I'm like, I sound so young. And it's like, I just think about like, if I could redo that Broadway debut. A million times. It was it was such an amazing experience. And it was we ran for 10 months. And at that time I was like, by the end of the run, I was like, I really wanted to be back with my family. So it was really kind of you got the it year. was kind you could of left perfect. I really year. got I got the experience that I I got the perfect experience anyways. So it's not like I got cut short of anything, really. Uh, was it hard it was to
1: readjust big... to life back at home and kind of
0: not uh, being on Broadway? Well, there was a time where I didn't even want to audition for anything because okay. I just wanted to be home. There was like a solid three months where I was just like, I really don't, I don't want to, I don't even want to have the opportunity to get a role because I don't really want to leave right now. For a while, it was fine. And then when I really was like, okay, I've, I've enjoyed my time now. I really want to get, before I got the Doubtfire reading, I was on a stretch where I'd get a call callback and I wouldn't get anything. And I really was getting discouraged. Like, I remember being, just being like, this is hopeless. I mean, I did this one show and now, great, now I'm going to go to college. Uh, and then I finally got the Doubtfire reading. I was like, and at that time, of course, we didn't know what was going to Broadway, but we were like, "Yes, something! Yes, thank gosh!" Um, and we we're that—that that was the—that was—and then after that, I did Sack Lunch Bunch. Okay, and- we have
1: to talk of just stop right there. We are talking about <laughs> all about Sack Lunch Bunch because I am very obsessed with you. And that <laughs> Grandma's Got a Boyfriend is it? Like I don't know if you audience, if you can feel my joy right now. It is the greatest <laughs> comedic musical number ever. <laughs> Tell me about the first time you heard grandma's got a boyfriend
0: and like, what did you know it was your song? Like, wh- how did that all happen? Uh, so I had auditioned. So I was, I was actually doing, at my, I was at my school and I was doing a show that I'd written out. I'm doing a school show and my mom, and I was doing a show that night. And my mom told me, she was like, Jake, we got to wake up early in the morning because there's a show coming. But the reason why your manager really wants you to do it is because he's going to be in the room. John Mulaney. They told me he, for this day, they're gonna accept self tapes, but only for this day is he going to be in the room. And I was like, okay, I really have—I mean, he's in the room. I really have to do this. And they sent me, and I was so nervous because I didn't have time to learn the lines. And they sent me this, like, you know, one of those like fake monologues they do to give you to see, yeah, if just you're a to good check, actor. just you to know, check like, in, check if you have yeah. any talent. Uh, and I was so nervous because I was like, I don't like re- and uh, I don't like reading. I really like to go in just knowing the lines and being able to just do the acting because I don't like to have to think about the paper and all that. But I did, and I was so nervous. And then they had a QA. John Mulaney asked me questions for like, I mean, it was like a 20 question thing. And I was like, all right, I just got to be, just got to be myself. And then I got a call back, and the audition song was Grandma's Got a Boyfriend. And I was like, oh, this is so fun. This is so interesting. And so I learned the song with my vocal coach. And the part at the end, this is how the song, name going I go, grandma's got a boyfriend's name is Paul. Yeah. I added that. Uh, so what happened was, it was, my boyfriend's name is Paul. And when I was rehearsing it, I did the wrong thing. And I went up. And um, and mom and my vocal coach were like, that's good. Do that. Do that. <laughs> so I did that. And also, we found out that I had learned the wrong part. I had learned the second half of the song and not the first half of the song. And this was 30 minutes before my audition. And I was like, oh my God, this this is horrible. And I was like, you know what? I'm just going to go in and sing the second half because that's all I have memorized and I can do the thing at the end. So the casting director came out and was like, what do you know? And I was like, I know this part of this part. And I was like, this is a nightmare. So I, I went in and I sang the song and I saw them. I saw, I, I really had John Mulaney laughing and I saw them all laughing. And I was like, yes, this is so good. Then I didn't hear for about a month. Like, I mean, weeks. I was like, like, I mean, talk about... that like, I got it. Where's my offer? I was like, what? I really thought I had known. I was like, this, this, come on. And I, for weeks, and I was like this, and I happened to be working at North Shore Music Theater at the time doing Freaky Friday. I was sitting there, I was like, and I was supposed to be filming that in July, and it was July when I was doing this show, and I was like, what is going on? And then I finally got the call. They were like, okay, we're doing it in August. And I was like, yes. And I was a part of the bunch. But then as we were filming, John Mulaney sort of realized that I, like, he reminded, I reminded him of, of him himself when yeah. he was this age. And so I sort of went from part of the bunch to like just him younger in the song. And there actually were things that didn't make it into the thing. Like we did a whole filming session where I would, I played him. Like they had interviews with all the sack bunches and the guests of like what they like, what are they afraid of? And they had me play John answering these questions. It didn't make it in um, to the, to the show but they had all these funny things that were a little bit maybe too edgy for the show got it uh but kind of wish i had those because they were kind of incredible um they were so funny like he'd be like okay say this to <laughs> the thing but um so yeah i st- slowly started to become young him and uh, it, uh <laughs> and so we filmed grandma's got a boyfriend and we uh did the 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 i uh did the pre-record with the orchestra and i was like wow this is so exciting and i had You know, when I met Paul and we did all these videos and it was so funny, like the things they made us do, like, I really was so proud of how it turned out, like, especially it's...
1: It's marvelous. It's 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 like A plus. The whole thing is spectacular, but you are so good and you sing so high and I'm so glad that that is recorded for you forever because those notes (laughs) only exist in your life for a very finite amount of time and you will forever... Be Grandma's Got a Boyfriend. <laughs> and yes. Is. Uh, Will I like- you be part of the the relaunch of that? Or do you, you know, they're, I mean, obviously, you know, they're going to do another season or something. Well,
0: well, we we were supposed to, I mean, they announced at Comedy Central, we were doing two more. Yeah. As of now, I haven't heard anything. Do you know anything? I because- don't know anything. And I don't think any of the other kids know anything either. So, so I'll keep you posted. I have, I have the exact same amount of information you have. Okay. Nothing.
1: Well but we we I just would love to on do it. one. <laughs> and he was pretty magical with you, I'm assuming.
0: Uh, like you loved he was, with him. Well, because he would just do like stuff. Like, I mean he would like it, a lot of the show, like people ask me like, well, what's the show about? And I would, I have no idea. Like I didn't even know what it was about until we had a, until I watched it. Because like we would just do these little things and we'd get new scripts every day and they'd just be like, Okay, say this and we really wouldn't have any um, context of what was going on. It was just like different little scenes that were scooped together. And all of a sudden I was like, wow, this is brilliant. Like I never really had any, any idea what it was going to turn out to be. I just knew the part, Grandma's got a boyfriend. And then like the other scenes that we did. And one scene that I did is when Jake Gyllenhaal did uh, the uh, music. Music uh,
1: everywhere, yeah.
0: Music everywhere. That, being in that room, <laughs> him. I mean, he came in for like a couple hours and he sang it live with the music in his ear. It was the most incredible thing. I mean, oh, he had this moment where... <laughs> He was saying his lines. Then he just stopped and just went like this. And John was like, John was like, Mr. Music. he was like, ah, ah let's do it. <laughs> and I was like, it was just full on improv. And it was incredible. Like I, I, I to see someone come in and just like do that. And they'd be like, he had a hard out at this time. And I was like, well, he knew it. Okay. Well, like, he knew what to do. Like
1: he, he I mean, you had it. these like create unbelievable comic moments in your life working with people like Christian Borle and Rob McClure and John Mulaney. It's like it's it's truly if you don't grow up to be the greatest comedic actor we've ever had, I don't know. I don't know, <laughs> I
0: know. it's impossible. Now uh,
1: you are also a writer. Am I? You've written a musical. Is that true? I
0: well, uh, well, well. <laughs> I wrote uh, for my school, I wrote a show about, uh, cause in, when I was in school, we read about Frederick Douglass and I loved it so much that I wrote a musical and we performed it at our school. And then during Doubtfire, ever since Seattle, since, yeah, when I was in tutoring, I would run out of work cause my school didn't give me a lot of work. Now I'm in high school, it's different, but I didn't have a lot yeah. of work. And my tutor, Amy Woke and all we my- We love teachers, Amy, Amy, big Amy shout out woke. to Amy. Tell her and I said I, hello. Amy you. Woke, Irene and Lillian were all a part of this. And they would, so Amy Woke, we were just sitting there. We had hours to go because they had nothing to do. And she was like, I was like, okay, how about you give me a little phrase or something and I have to improv and make a song? And she said, a surprise party. And what came out was a surprise party for Sue, turns into it's a full one act musical. We have like 10 songs. Everyone in the cast is a part of it. There is a Sue the Musical Instagram. Go follow it. It's Sue the Musical. And okay, Aaron Kaburik. Sue, Sue the Musical. I, I can announce this Aaron Kaburik is playing the role of Mr. Ross in our show, the All owner right. of The Boss. Casting, more casting coming, but like, it's a full-on show. It's like, it's crazy. Like I was just talking with Irene, one of my tutors. She was like, it's crazy what this has become. It was a stupid, funny idea. And now it's literally a show and everyone in the building knows about it. Like you are changing. You're going to change the world. Look at you. I mean, it's going to be a hit. We don't do that. You're the next
1: Andrew Barth Feldman. Like it's all, it's all happening for you. Okay. You could say that. I'm going to say it. We'll call him (laughs) after. Now, um, Cape Cod Christmas is your is your Christmas movie that you shot that's coming. Is it coming out this, this it's holiday coming season? Out, it's coming
0: out this December. Uh, and
1: where can we catch Cape Cod Christmas?
0: Uh, it's going to be, I think it's going to be, I mean, Hallmark, ABC, Lifetime. I mean, it's it, it was so, because we filmed it during November 2020. Yeah. And it was it was like, it was so fun to do. Like, and you're just literally... like a little kid in it. And now you're but, an adult teenager. I know. It's like, it was... <laughs> It was so amazing, dude. I met so many friends doing that show, and we just like were in Cape Cod. It was like so nice, like it was literally like a vacation. And I'm filming this awesome and this Christmas movie. It was amazing, and love those craft service. I mean, that is my favorite part of. T- I mean, crafty is crafty does make the whole experience oh, better. I mean, it? it's really like I don't. I might not even be hungry, but I'm gonna get it because it's craft get service. It crafty,
1: yes. Like and any, it's anything you
0: want. They have it's great. It's anything. It's like I didn't even know I wanted bacon, but they have
1: it. Like. It's the, is that that's like the midday special. you Oh my god! Oh, oh the right food
0: the they had this food truck, uh, and they'd, they'd be like one day it was like a new thing every day. Like it'd be lobster one day, and then it was barbecue, and I would be like, I mean, this is the life.
1: You got we gotta get you on a Disney movie. That's what happens oh, every day. I wish that'd funny. be amazing.
0: Okay. So I read
1: an article about you when you were 10 and you said, my goal is to be on Broadway. I love New York City. I want to be the Phantom and Phantom of the Opera. I think it's a good role. I love his voice and I really love evil characters. Okay. So you're not the Phantom yet, but not only have you been on Broadway once, but you've been on Broadway twice. Are you, how, I mean, how thrilling is it to be like legitimately living your dream?
0: Uh, it's, it's, cr- I mean, it's, it's crazy. Like I, I would just like, I had this moment a couple of days ago where like, I would like, like to be noticed for things that I do. Like when people come up to me, I loved you in sack lunch brunch or I loved you in Delphire, It's like, it's like, it's a dream. Like I never thought that like people would even like know I was singing on stage and doing things or like, like, or even like going to see shows and knowing so many people in other Broadway shows, just like no- seeing all my friends in other shows and like, Especially with this coming back, it's like everyone's all of a sudden coming back and doing things, and everyone's like, "Oh my god, hey!" And it's like, it's 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 just it's like, I mean, like, people know who I am. Like, I was just walking on the street, and Christopher Seaver was like, "Oh my god, welcome back, hi!" I'm like, "I don't even know me." You're in the you're
1: you're star <laughs> because you're the lead. You're one of the leads of a Broadway musical. <laughs> oh god, I don't even know who I am. I'm oh my god. Die. It's uh, so exciting. Well, you've done the thing and you're doing it brilliantly and you're such a smart young person and it's because you. of you will like keep, I'm sure you'll create more and more theater, not only star on stage, but get in those movies so you can get the craft oh. services. We have to do the Broadway Workshop quick fire questions. It's a list of questions okay. I put together with myself
0: and some of my students at Broadway Workshop. So here we go. First audition song. Okay. My first audition song was for Christmas Carol at North Shore Music Theater and I did Consider Yourself from Oliver. Excellent choice. Uh, and I did that from years eight to 10. Definitely. Great. And those are my eight to 10 That's consider a yourself years. All right. First Broadway show you saw? Oh, A Spider-Man Turn Off the Dark. Oh and that is where I fell in love with Patrick Page, one of my favorite Broadway actors.
1: What a, uh, what a talent.
0: Um, uh,
1: do people get your name wrong or invert them? Like, do they call
0: you Jake? Flynn, Ryan, Jake. Oh my God. They call me Jack, which is like, (laughs) "Ah." and then for a while, people would call me Ryan because there were three Ryans and Charlie. I would love to get the Ryan. I'm just like, oh no, it's Jake. Not bad. Anyway, uh, so Jack, Jack and Ryan, definitely. Who would you like to work with that you haven't? Oh man. There's so many. Uh, I would, Hugh Jackman, uh, I would love to work with. I would love to work with Keegan-Michael Key. Because I love his show Key and Peel. That is my favorite. Oh my God, they're so funny. Um, oh, yeah, those I think are, Hugh, Jack- Hugh Jackman and Keegan Michael Key. Hugh Jackman. You're gonna,
1: you know you'll be interacting with Hugh Jackman at some point this season. Which he is, came
0: to he came to the show. Came to your show. Yeah, I saw on it. Sunday, which was like I wish I would have known. You're like, wait a second. Wait a second. Can- oh crap! Okay. I was marking anyway. You were never marking. That's <laughs> you.
1: Um, who should Patty Lapone play in Mrs. Doubtfire?
0: Oh my God, that's oh Patti lapone miranda would be something that the world needs to see all right uh but then also hers wanda selner
1: all right that I'm would be it. kind
0: of incredible
1: what is your go-to album for a car trip what do you Go like to, to listen to in the car? car
0: well broad i'm broadway so i love something rotten like my okay. two favorite shows are something rotten and then sunset boulevard
1: and how interesting that the composer of Something Rotten is also the composer of your musical.
0: Heart attack moment when I had the reading. I was like, oh my God, just everyone from Something Rotten. Like, and oh my you gosh.
1: you Sunset. How
0: strange. What I, What brought you to Sunset Boulevard? I saw the revival with Glenn Close with my dad okay. uh, uh, when it was on Broadway in 2017. And I just, I don't know. It's, I love. It's fun. I love a classic score. Like I just don't know like, any young people who even know Sunset. Like Jen Gamaty summed it up quickly. She was like Jake loves a star turn. That is accurate. I do okay. love a star turn. So I love Hello <laughs> Dolly. Like I love. I love, love War Paint.
1: You like a star like, turn. Okay. I loved
0: War Paint. Like I thought War Paint was incredible. I, I I don't know. Some of that score I think is so
1: pretty. It's very like exciting. just listening to that music. Have you listened to The Sunset? This isn't a question. Side note. Have you listened to The Sunset Project? It's a podcast that breaks down the entire story of Sunset Boulevard and like all the drama between Patty and Glenn Close and all that. It's fantastic. Okay.
0: I'm probably going to do that the minute this interview is so because that it's sounds It's so incredible. good.
1: Shout out to Broadway Bob, who oh. is the creator of The Sunset Project. I need that. Okay. A- I need a Patty Sunset
0: Boulevard revival, even though she probably would never do that it. Would She's never, probably bitter that's and that's never, never going to happen, but I would love to never see it. never going to happen. Do you do any impressions? I do any? <laughs> okay. Well, I can do this. I can do, I can do, I funnily like to do Brian Stokes Mitchell. Okay. So I can do this one. I see his face. I hear his heartbeat. <laughs> that. And then I can do the Ant in, um, in Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. If you've seen that movie. All right, and go ahead. In. Clock, what a beautiful house you have. Is Rusty still in the military? And then she says, and the rocket's red glare. <laughs> the voice changes well, really helped that because that really, is amazing. It's amazing.
1: It's my sister's favorite movie and she listens oh, to this podcast. So she'll love that. All right, who's your favorite Muppet?
0: My favorite Muppet? Kermit. Kermit. Tell us one thing about Christian Borle. One thing about Christian Borle, he is... The best improver, I think, ever. Him and Rob McClure are the best improvers I've ever seen. And like, he is definitely improver. Improv. What is your favorite food? It. What is my favorite food? I love any kind of soup. That's what I say now, because I just love soup. Tomato love soup. soup. Do you know who Linda Edder is? <laughs> I I do not. Okay. But All
1: right. Linda Etter, Google it, YouTube it. If you love a star turn, she's a Broadway belter. is only in one Broadway show, but... It will blow your mind. She was the original star <laughs> of, of Jekyll and Hyde and I'm her biggest fan. Okay. Okay. Um, biggest onstage mishap.
0: Biggest onstage mishap. Okay. Well, there's, I, I'm Charlie. There wasn't actually that. Well, there was a lot. There's, there's so many. Okay. Well, one that happened recently, which is kind of incredible, which was our, I th- it was our invited dress. And at the end of act, at the end of act one, I see him in the bathroom and um, I have this line where uh, I don't think her face is a real face. And I spit and it caught the light and it hit Annalise's face. And she went like this, and the audience just laughed. And I made it into Jerry Zach's Greatest Moments in American Theater. Uh, Congratulations. So that was amazing. One time the apartment stopped in Seattle, which is one of our set pieces for Mrs. Dalfire. And all these actors were behind it. We had no idea what to do. We got back on the apartment because we saw Rob Grod for his quick change. So we were like, obviously we're doing the scene, As me and Emily step on, it starts moving. So we jumped off and then we finally got on stage.
1: I'm nervous about the amount of automation in your show. So I'm sure Uh, there's going to be more of this. If I check in with you in a year. Just
0: waiting. I am just waiting. There's Uh, so many
1: things that have to move um, in in perfect time. Okay. Um, If you could have picked your own name, what would it have been? I could have picked my own name.
0: That's so interesting.
1: It's a weird question, isn't it? Oh my God.
0: Uh... I mean the first thing that came into my mind was Tim. I don't know why. Okay. But that's that was it. the it's first Tim. thing that came into my mind. So if you guys people want to call me Tim, sure. Sure. All right.
1: Um, if you could go back in time and see any Broadway show, any year, any performance, what would
0: it be? Oh. I really well, actually, I've been watching videos on the the Guys and Dolls production directed by Jerry Zach. I've seen I really want to see that.
1: Legendary. I would like to see the
0: original production of Sunset Boulevard. Uh The Producers, because I've never seen that show. Like, just the classics. Well, luckily, a lot of those
1: things exist on YouTube, so knock yourself out. Um, Okay, Uh, what was your favorite quarantine TV binge? They
0: have a quarantine TV binge. Oh, my God. We watch, me and my family, I mean, we have watched so many movies. I mean, it was all all we did. We have, all right, 6 o'clock is our movie night. We watched so much stuff. We had, we watched, I love The Servant. That oh my show god! Was awesome, so good. Uh, it blew my mind. It oh, terrified me. Yes. Loved it. The last season of Shits Creek, which is my favorite show of all time. So good. Um, I mean, so many things. We watched. We, me and Dad started making it. We watched '80s movies. So like, like all the '80s like, movies. Give me, like like what? Like, uh, Cloak and Dagger was one we watched, which okay. is like my favorite '80s movies ever. We watched um, One Crazy Summer. Um right. we love an '80s movie. All, all the classics. I mean, it was. It Have was you great. seen True
1: Beverly Hills? No. Okay. That's on your list. Troop Beverly Hills, Shelley Long. It's a greatest 80s movie. Okay. I love um, 80s, Have you ever had to call out mid-show? Have I ever
0: had to call out mid-show? No, I don't. I don't know. I haven't. I've been sick. I mean, the closing night in Seattle, I was throwing up and I was but on. But you, so. you made it through. Well, because we, we, at first I was like, what's going on? Uh, and I, was just, I threw up in the middle of the show and then we just went on because we had no time for me to just leave. Uh, and then like Billy Elliot at North Shore, I threw up and I still went on because there was no understudies. So I've never had to, I've, I've never been right. so- we're,
1: we're knocking on wood. You'll never call out mid-show.
0: <laughs> I'll be like Carol Channing. I'm never calling out. <laughs> All
1: right. And my last question is, what advice do you have for the 10-year-olds out there that are, have that same dream as you to be on Broadway? What advice do you have for young performers?
0: I always like to say to just go in and as long as you know in an audition that you did your best, and even if you don't get the part, it's not your problem. If you go in knowing that, oh, I did as best as I could, it's 99% of the time it has nothing to do with your talent. It just has your looks, your height, uh, <laughs> your looks. Uh, <laughs> your lo- it's just your, your, lo- your looks. It's just like you just you just don't look right. But um, uh, but like as long as you go in knowing you did your best and you were yourself, then that's the best you can do for an audition. And that's made it easier for me to cope with a bunch of rejection because that's literally what theater is. That is the hardest part is the audition.
1: Well, it seems like you're doing very well and you're getting past, you're not getting a lot of no's right now. So we'll accept your yes. Congratulations (laughs) on um, opening Mrs. Doubtfire on Sunday. I hope it is an enormous hit. Tell the people where they can follow you and find out what you're up to.
0: You can follow me at Jake underscore Ryan underscore Flynn. You can follow, I guess, my show, Sue the Musical, which is just Sue, uppercase S, the musical. And uh you can you follow can Mrs. Alfire.
1: You can follow, and you can follow Broadway you on
0: YouTube. You you made some very funny quarantine I have videos. Some fun videos there. And then you can come see us at the Stephen Sondheim Theater on 43rd between seventh and sixth avenue and well, see Mrs. You'll Mrs. be there for
1: a long time. Congratulations Thank on your you. second Broadway show. You're a delight. We have to give a shout out to our buddy John Mara for uh Yay, making this John. happen today. We love John. Um I'm I, I feel like I've known you my whole life. You're a superstar. <laughs> Congratulations. Thank you. And uh, we'll see you at the Tonys. Yeah. Yes. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you. Thank you, listeners. This podcast is produced by Alan Seals, Dori Berenstein, and the Broadway Podcast Network and edited by Derek Gunther. For more information on the Little Me podcast, go to bpn.fm littleme and follow me on Instagram at Mark Tuminelli or on Twitter at ThatTuminelli. And for more information on workshops, classes, and everything Broadway Workshop, go to broadwayworkshop.com. Thank you for
0: listening. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work